Smoking Snake Podcast. This is episode five. Um, I am your host, Peter, and joined as always, we've got Enric in the building. Uh, Enric, how are you? Good. How are you? You can't see it, but Enric's got a sweet Gabriel Barbosa Flamengo jersey on right now. It's looking really good. Um, kind of putting my outfit to shame, but um, welcome, everyone. We've got uh, a lot of action to talk about. Um, we're back on schedule after our earlier episode this week that uh, covered the the Brazilian football action from a week prior. So this will be back to our normal um, schedule. So we've got match week 26 in the books. Um, a lot happened. Um, and uh, let's jump right into it. So the headline match this this week, of course, was the the Sao Paulo Derby or a Sao Paulo Derby, Sao Paulo versus Corinthians. Um, Enric, what did you think of the match? Did it live up to the hype? Yeah, I think both teams played really well as time progressed throughout the game. Yuri Alberto got his first goal, which was unbelievable hit from outside the box. And he had really great performances in his recent matches. So I'm really glad he got to score once again. And on the other side, Sao Paulo did everything possible to score and maybe even win the game. But luckily for Corinthians, it was not in their favor as they hit the crossbar. At the end, I think a 1-1 draw is a fair result for both sides. Yeah, definitely the draw seems fair to me. Um, looking back, I mean, it could have easily been 3-3. Um, or 4-4 four, four even. Um, like you said, Yuri Alberto with that absolute thunderbolt. Good to see him. Um, Santos products doing well. Went to Russia um, where he was, I guess, okay. But um, in the end, uh, in, a, in a loan deal, comes back to Corinthians um, or comes back to Brazil for Corinthians. Um, great goal there. Wanted to bring up also, so Adair, uh, the striker for Sao Paulo um, ultimately scored, was pulled down uh, for a penalty and scored the penalty. Enric, what do you think of the wisdom about if you are the one who gets the penalty, um, you know, the foul against you leads to the penalty. Do you, do you think that you should be able do you think it's a good idea for that same player to take the pen? I think it's a good idea for the player to decide who's going to get the pen, whether mm -hmm. he is motivated or not, or feels confident to take that penalty. I, I think it should be his decision and not the coach or neither the teammates, no matter how good or bad the other players are. So whether Edder decides to choose to play it or hit it or someone else decides to, I think it's the player. I think it should be in the player's hands to do so. Yeah, I think... I, I don't know. I was nervous when I was watching it there, uh, step up to the spot, but he, uh, he slotted at home and, uh, later in the game almost had a second hitting the crossbar, um, from inside the box. Um, 
bunch of other chances, like you men mentioned, uh, Hosher Geds and Mosquito combined for a great chance. Um, and then um, Sao Paulo um, uh, bring on their big guns. They kind of started a rotated team um, after, of course, their big midweek win, um, sending them to the, the final of the Copa Sudamericana. They bring on Caleri and Luciano, but, um, but they can't get a second goal. Uh, Corinthians, like you said, also hit the bar. Um, and uh, uh, that's their new signing, Fausto Vera, uh, the Argentine, um, hitting the bar. And then I also just wanted to zero in. I'm not sure if you saw it. One of Yuri's chances that he gets the shot off. Right before that, Bruno Mendez, uh, the defender, actually, takes a big swipe at the ball. Um, and totally fans on it, totally misses the ball. Could have easily been 2-1 Corinthians at that point, um, but not to be, uh, again, yeah, the, the, the match ends in a draw. Um, and uh, that means that um, Corinthians, two draws in a row, uh, only one victory out of their five. They're really, really losing steam. Um, You've got to wonder if how how much longer they can keep grinding out these results before the wheels really fall off. Um, all right, so moving on from the big game of the week, a um, couple other really good matchups involving some of the top three. Um, Inter and Cuiabá. Inter gets the win, and they actually move up into second place. Uh, we haven't really talked that much about Internacional. Uh, they've quietly been doing some, um, some great work in climbing the table. Um, and they've been getting it done by committee. Enric, what did you think of this match? And what do you think of uh, Internacional in general? Cuiava was not very good defensively, as we've seen in previous games where they met Santos. And something that we saw also with the bad falling outside the box in the sixth minute from Cuiava. The game, I think, was totally in Inter's hands, who dominated dominated the team with 65% possession in the pitch. And if Cuiaba wanted to score goals, they were going to need to shoot more on target because this was unfortunately only one shot uh, hit by them in the game. And there was a great header as well by Alemal to give Internacional the three points and a very good cross by Pedro Enrique for the assist. Yeah, Alamao, their, their top score, um, only six or seven goals, I believe. Um, but like I said, they've been getting it done by committee. Um, and uh, I, I believe he's just signing a, a new contract soon, too. So he'll be sticking around um, uh, the south of Brazil for a while now. Uh, yeah, Cuiaba not offering much, just the one shot, like you mentioned. That's especially pathetic against Inter. Um, just read today that Inter are the most efficient team in terms of taking chances in front of net. Um, and so they get all three points. And again, like I said, they move into second. Um, moving on to the former holders of the second place, uh, Fluminense beat, uh, beat Fortaleza two to one um, in another great performance. Um, Herman Gano continues to be uh, one of the best players in the league, one of the best strikers uh, in the league. Enric, what did you see from him? And uh, what do you think of this game uh, uh, with, with Fluminense? 
I think Fluminense looks like a great team who can potentially win titles, not this season, but maybe in the coming seasons. And they almost suffered by a defensive mistake in the very beginning of the match, but were soon able to capitalize with Herman Cano, as you mentioned, who is unstoppable with his two goals. And I also wanted to point out Paulo Enrico Ganso, a previous Santos player who was excellent with Fluminense. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the coming transfer window, he might be, make his return to European football. Yeah, that'd be awesome to see. Uh, I have mixed feelings about Ganso, but as a footballer, as a player, he's been excellent with Fluminense. And uh, yeah, like you said, he's, he's, he had a great game. Kano, that first goal, again, outside the box, just a, a, um, a thunderbolt of a shot. And his second, it just shows his versatility, more of a poacher's goal, right time, right place, um, gets the rebound and slots home his 15th of the season. He retakes the, the lead uh, in terms of goals in, in the Brasileirão, uh, passing Pedro Raul, um, who's still on 14. Um, and Fluminense uh, bagged all three points. Um, speaking of Pedro Raul, his, his team, Goyas, was, uh, was in action uh, against Flamengo and um, might be a bit of a mismatch on paper, but, uh, but Goyas pulled Flamengo to the 1-1 draw. Um, Enric, what did you see in this match? Flamengo is a very great team, but as soon as I saw the lineup before the game, uh, I knew that was, this was not going to end up well for Flamengo as they played an away game. Obviously, Pedro was called up by Titi, and I think that they were missing that striker who could finish chances as they already created throughout the game. And Flamengo was happy, I think, to take the one point, and that's what we saw as soon as they conceded. They began attacking more and more so that this match wouldn't be a complete disaster for the title race. Yeah, this you could, this is this might be one of those matches, especially if if Palmeiras drop points later on, that they could look back and and kind of kick themselves because this is definitely a winnable match. Uh, like you said, that squad didn't really, uh, or the starting eleven didn't really inspire the most amount of confidence. Um, uh, David Luiz all almost gives away a pen at some point. Um, uh, um, and, and Goyas actually get off the, the mark first with Diego, um, who I think may actually go by, um, Dieguinho, um, uh, scores after getting the assist, uh, teed up by Pedro Raul, um, who, who take a, took a weekend off of scoring goals and, and decided to contribute an assist this weekend, which is nice of him. Um, also wanted to talk about Flamengo ultimately do get the equalizer. Mateus Franza, um, comes through. Um, and, and tips in the goal, um, kind of a, a, the, the Goyas keeper spilled the ball off a corner, um, couldn't ho hold on to it, and, and, and Mateos uh, tips in the goal. Um, Flamengo pumping out tons and tons of talent. Um, we'll talk about him later, but Henier Jesus, uh, a former uh, Flamengo player, uh, scored his first goal in La Liga this weekend. Um, he's, he's been at Dortmund. He's owned by Real Madrid. Um, in addition, Lazaro, uh, of course, just made the move to Spain uh, from Flamengo. Just tons of talent. And Mateos Franza, 18 years old, gets his goal 
Um, he looks like another young player that Flamengo are going to move on and, uh, and sell um, at some point in the near future. He looks like a good player. Um, all right. So um, after these results, a lot of the top teams, you know, uh, keep pace or um, at least grabbing a point. Um, some really exciting football and a lot of jostling in the positions. Eric, I wanted to ask you, uh, from second through sixth place, there's only three points between them. Um, Fluminense, Flamengo, Atletico Paranaense, uh, Inter and Corinthians, all in the mix. Of those five teams, who do you think is most likely to finish highest and possibly even give Palmeiras a run uh, for the title? Looking at the performances that the teams have had, I think Flamengo is doing pretty good, even though they jumped in the third position now. But if I could pick a team who is going to surprise me, I think that would be Fluminense, given their recent performances and wins that they had. And with Herman Cano, as we talked about earlier, I think he's going to be a really important important factor in them finishing second or maybe even third. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think the Rio teams probably will 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 snatch second and third. Um, I think ultimately um, Fluminense uh, will finish above Flamengo just because they've got uh, Copa Libertadores to think about in addition to Copa de Brazil. Um, and the, the log jam of fixtures towards the end of the year could prove um, uh, taxing even on a squad as big as Flamengo. Fluminense, of course, still are in Copa de Brazil, um, but they don't have the, the weight of the um, Libertadores or Sudamericana final hanging over them. So I would expect them to, to finish above Flamengo. Um, I wouldn't count Inter out either. Uh, they've been quietly a really good team, um, and I think they could, uh, they could challenge as well. Corinthians, I think, are on the way down, and Atletico, I think, with the final, just uh, they don't have enough. So um, lots to, to look out for and tons of excitement um, as, as those five teams try to reel in Palmeiras. Really quick, just wanted to flip the table upside down and, and talk um, uh, or just briefly mention the, the relegation battle. Um, Atletico Goianaense. Uh, after making it to the semifinals and losing on, on penalties, making it so far in Copa Sudamericana, uh, they looked like they, uh, the wheels have fallen off on their season. Um, big relegation battle against Coritiba, um, which they lose to nothing. Uh, any, any thoughts on that or, or the relegation battle in general, Eric? Atletico Goianiense had a surprising start uh, in the game with Edson Fernando shaking the crossbar. And on paper, they didn't seem like a team who would lose 2-0 to Coritiba. But with their exit to the Sudamericana I, a couple of days ago, that gave us the idea that they kept their eggs in the same basket. And as soon as they lost to Sao Paulo, they were very discouraged and are now heading to the second division. Yeah, I could not agree more. I think that had a really profound psychological effect on them. The way they came out of the first leg ahead and the way they, they, they ultimately um, you know, lost in, on, in the penalty shootout, um, especially missing two, two penalties um, 
that's that's tough luck um but that's football so i agree with you uh i think they're going down and i think um they they they'll be going down with their tail between their legs all right um we mentioned earlier earlier uh copa do brazil the uh semifinal second legs are back um and in fact as we record this uh the lead up to the first game is ongoing uh, in one side of the fixture tree, we've got Flamengo versus Sao Paulo. Flamengo lead 3-1 on aggregate. Enric, any prediction for this? Do you think Flamengo cruise through, or do you think Sao Paulo are going to give them a run for their money? I think Flamengo are in a big advantage, giving their lead 3-1 against Sao Paulo, and now they're going to play in their own stadium at Maracanã. But you should never predict what can happen because Sao Paulo maybe is going to pull the trigger given how Flamengo can line up. Maybe they're not going to have a couple of players like they didn't against Goiás. So maybe a 2-0 win against Sao Paulo, uh, against Flamengo, they will go to penalties and who, who knows who wins after. Yeah, especially with, um, I know both sides rotated squads, but when you've got big guns like uh, like Caleri and, and Luciano up front, um, you know anything can happen. You've always got that puncher's chance. Um, but you know, if I'm if I'm betting my own money here, I think I think Flamengo uh, roll on through. They might have uh, you know some nervous moments in this game, but I, I think Flamengo um, are much the better side, and I think um, will probably roll through onto the final, especially at home tonight. Um, in the other leg, which is happening on Thursday, uh, Corinthians and Fluminense, much more even tilt, if you ask me on paper, and it's even on the scoreboard as well. 2-2 on aggregate after the first leg. Enric, thoughts on this one? And uh, I, I need a prediction out of you. Yeah, this was a pretty close result, 2-2, and now they're going to have to play the next game in Sao Paulo tomorrow. So... Given how Fluminense has been playing recently, I think they're going to have a pretty good performance. And on the other side, Corinthians has a wonderful keeper, Casio, and their striker, Yuri Alberto, who has been scoring recently. But I think at the end, Fluminense is going to qualify for the final. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really tough one. Um, instinctively, I, I think I agree with you. Um, but I just had this feeling that Corinthians might just be um, more of a cup team this year. And despite their, their poor form in the league, I think they might pull it out. Um, and if I had to guess, I'd, I'd say it's a, it's a gritty one nil win uh, for Corinthians, but regardless that that game is going to be going down on Thursday and we'll have the two finalists uh, in the Copa do Brasil. Um, and uh, if it is Fluminense, like Enrix predicted, uh, we'll get a preview of that match this weekend. Um, two huge derbies in the Brasileirão uh, that um, are going to be going on um, in match week 27 of um, in, in Brazil's top flight. Like I said, Flamengo Fluminense on Sunday, huge match. Uh, not only in terms of these are two of the most historic and, and best teams in Rio, of course, but also in terms of uh, the title, the title race, 
uh, three points either way could, could really um, could go a long way, especially when you consider there's only three points from uh, second to third. Um, Enric, uh, do you have a prediction for that one? I'm going for a 1-1 draw because yeah. both teams are really good. So I think there's not going to be a winner in that match. Yeah, I'm tempted to agree, especially with the the midweek games in the Copa de Brazil. I think both teams will be uh, will be um, pretty content with the draw. Um, on the other side of things, moving from uh, Rio to Sao Paulo, big derby in Sao Paulo, Palmeiras versus Santos. Uh, prediction on that. Uh, before we kind of dive into um, what's been going wrong with Santos. Prediction, Santos 0, Palmeiras 4. <laughs> Not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> but I'm afraid you're right. Uh, Palmeiras, of course, the number one team. And uh, they might be back with a vengeance after, uh, after their disappointing end to Libertadores. And, and if there's a team they'd love to take it out on, uh, I'm sure it would be Santos. Santos in a bit of a crisis, um, at least on the football pitch. Um, Liska, the manager, is out uh, technically by mutual agreement. Um, Twitter has been ablaze the past few days of Santos fans calling for his head, essentially, and uh, apparently he came to uh, Andres Rueda, the president, um, and, and asked to leave, um, but it sounds like he was on his way out regardless uh, and uh, would have been terminated. Um, Enric, what do you think of Liska's tenure, and what do you want to see next from the, whoever takes over from in Santos? Uh, what, do you, what do you think should happen going forward? I think it was a good decision by the board uh, deciding to take Liska out and maybe think about a next manager. Mm -hmm. And talking about managers, I personally like Kuka, something that I mentioned, I think, in the first episode. But Sampali can also be a great option, although many people from Twitter dislike the idea of Sampali's return due to his desire to spend a lot of money on new players. Still, as a football fan, I think it's not our job to worry about the club's financial situations. And looking at the new talents that we produce and how much they sell in the likes of Neymar, Rodrigo, Gabigol, and many more, I would wonder where that money is going. Personally, I think we want to compete against footballing giants like Flamengo or Palmeiras. So not only we should spend more money and bring good players, but also with the club's history, I think we should attract more talents from Europe at the end of their, their careers. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be that'd be a really nice perk. We've of course had some have some great players over the years from Europe and and from other South American giants. Um, if only we could uh, attract a, a giant manager as well. Um, Sampaoli, of course, yeah, uh, would be a pipe dream. In my opinion, I would love to see him back. Like you said, I think that would be the best case scenario. He has a house in Brazil. Um, if not two, uh, but word is, according to Twitter, of course, um, that he's not interested and wants, like you said, uh, a war chest uh, to go after titles. Um, and uh, rumor has it that he's waiting for uh, Palmeiras or Flamengo to, to get rid of their manager and, and take over one of those giants. Um, 
more names on uh, uh, on the horizon. Uh, Sebastian Beckasese, um, although it looks like he wants to take the rest of the season off and reevaluate. Um, uh, Boyvoda from Fortaleza, of course, he's employed right now, but I guess that didn't stop us from going after Liska. Um, yeah, Sempaioli, we'll see. Um, but for now, it's just one big question mark. Um, we've got the, the, the U20 um, manager uh, taking over, taking the reins for the big derby against Palmeiras, like Enric mentioned. I don't think very many people are very optimistic, um, but, uh, but it is happening this weekend. So um, the environment will be great. Um, it's at uh, the Allianz Parque in Sao Paulo proper. Um, and regardless of the result, uh, it should be a passionate, passionate game. Um, elsewhere, um, Inter uh, face uh, Atletico Goianense. Um, and uh, uh, we've also got a big uh, America mid-table team versus Corinthians trying to, trying to stop sliding into the mid-table. Um, so we'll see if they can do that as well. All right, let's finish with some um, uh, talking about Brazilian players playing abroad. Um, and uh, we're going to sound like a broken record here, um, a broken record in a good way. Um, but uh, Neymar keeps dominating. Great goal at the weekend for PSG. Enric, what did you think of that and his performance? I think Neymar is a player with excellent vision and decision-making when it's with or without the ball. In his most recent match against Brest, after a cross from Messi, he controlled the ball really well after the first touch, and then the ability to score was just excellent. He seems to be giving everything for PSG with this season, and I'm sure he'll do the same with Brazil in the World Cup. Yeah, it's great to see him in this great form. Uh, you know, two months out from, from World Cup, it's got to be super, super exciting uh, for all Brazil fans. Um, but not to be outdone, his counterpart, Vinicius Jr., also dominating, dominating La Liga. Uh, a goal at the weekend versus Mallorca. Enric, he's got to start, right? You'd think in the World Cup? Yes, he does. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, like we, like we mentioned earlier in the show, a Flamengo product, Flamengo shipping out a lot of talent. Um, Want to take a bit of a deeper dive uh, into Rodrigo again. He uh, scored at the weekend, but it wasn't just any goal. It was an absolute golazo uh, versus Mallorca. Uh, put three defend cut through three defenders, including one um, putting him on his backside, reminiscent of the iconic Messi goal versus Bayern in the Champions League uh, a few years ago. Um, Rodrigo, so, so good for Real Madrid. Could be very good at the World Cup. What do you think of his performance for Real um, and, and kind of the trajectory uh, that he's going to have over the next year or so? I think not only Rodrigo, but also Vinicius. They're two really great talents and who play well in the wings and both know each other more than they did a couple seasons ago. And looking at who they have as a number nine spot at Real, they're going to continue to impress and form an amazing trio as soon as Benzema comes back from injury. Both Brazilians are also unpredictable for the opponent's defenders. 
something that we also saw with the, their goals against Mallorca. And I think they're going to be uh, definitive in the history of Real Madrid in the future. Yeah, it's it's hard to see them uh, falling off with with Vinicius and uh, and Rodrigo um, being so young too. I mean, they've been so dominant in the Champions League and La Liga as of late. Uh, I don't see that changing anytime soon, um, uh, unless unless you know um, the the other teams can can keep pace. Uh, also, both players coming in for forty five million euros at eighteen. Um, they've been sculpted and crafted into the exactly the players Real Madrid want, um, which which seems to be the model for uh, importing these young Brazilian players. Um, speaking of which, we'll end on a positive note for uh, fans of Henier Jesus, uh, the the um, Flamengo product midfielder um, and, and 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 winger. Um, that uh, that won Copa Libertadores in, in 2019 after that uh, that epic final versus River. Um, he was a young gun then. Again, like Rodrigo and Vinicius, bought for 45 million euros um, and, and brought to Real Madrid. He spent um, the last two years on loan with Dortmund, um, where he's been okay, um, but not the the breakout star Rodrigo or, or Vinicius have been or has been. Um, he scored his uh, first La Liga goal. Um, he's on loan with Girona this year. Um, but it's a good sign for uh, Real Madrid fans and Brazil fans as well, as uh, he, he might be living up to his potential quite soon. Uh, any thoughts on Henier? Uh, Renier had a great game and was able to score a goal against Valladolid. He's a young talent, and I'm glad that his move to Spain is giving him more time to play. And if he continues like this, who knows, he might get a chance to play for the national team or even for Real Madrid if Benzema decides to retire anytime soon. So imagine a front three with Vinny on the left, Rodrigo on the right, and Renier at center. I think that would be the attack of dreams. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Three young Brazilians, uh, all with flair, all with uh, lots and lots of talent. Um, and of course, uh, Lazaro, uh, the uh, another Flamengo product, his first year in Spain, getting sold from um, Flamengo to uh, Almeria, as we mentioned, um, and Flamengo also producing Mateus and Victor Hugo, two more young, exciting 18-year-olds that are probably destined to go to Europe, possibly Spain, and possibly even Real Madrid. So uh, keep an eye on all five of those players. All right, Enric, I think that is enough for today. Uh, we'll be back next week, as always, covering the uh, Brazilian League and Brazilian players playing abroad. We've got the friendlies to look forward to um, on the 23rd and 27th. Um, but uh, for now, that's all. Um, so everyone, have a great night, um, and we'll see you again next week.